Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Tuesday, February 14th. Let's jump into today's top stories. Incoming NCAA President Charlie Baker will not relocate his office to Indianapolis and will instead maintain his residence in Massachusetts while traveling around the country to get out and work directly with the people who make the NCAA what it is, first and foremost the student-athletes and the athletics administrators, coaches and conference commissioners in addition to national office staff in Indianapolis, according to USA Today's Dan Wolken and Steve Berkowitz, who note the presumption is that Baker will spend much of his time in Washington, D.C., in front of lawmakers. Lead One CEO Tom McMillan says, I don't think that's a bad strategic decision to focus more attention and resources on Washington. As long as you have a myriad of states passing conflicting legislation, I don't think you have much choice other than to have an activist Washington presence. He's got to restore that common touch to the NCAA. I think he's going to be on the road, going to events, being more of a visible presence. I don't think being in Massachusetts means he's going to be in Massachusetts. When you run for office, you're out there in the hustings. You go out and meet as many people as you can and listen to all these voices. It's part of being a public official. It's part of the game. He's going to approach this like that. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach and Mike Vorkanov continue their exploration of what expanding the men's basketball tournament might look like, this time through the lens of Cinderella teams. Like most things, the devil will be in the details, and St. Peter's AD Rochelle Paul submits. I wouldn't want to see a format where the possibility of a Cinderella run could potentially change or that could be negatively impacted, because now you're having all of these other teams that compete at a higher level that may sort of water down, for lack of a better term, the ability for an underdog to sort of make a run in the tournament. Meanwhile, conference expansion threatens to make quality non-conference competition more scarce, and America East Commissioner Brad Walker asks, how do you build that resume that a committee could sit in a room and have enough data to say that University of Vermont is as good as Rutgers without having the opportunity for Vermont to actually play a Rutgers-like institution? Ultimately, Auerbach and Vorkanov conclude, an expanded tournament could alleviate Cinderella's problem if it is built the right way. A bigger field could include more automatic qualifiers, possibly allowing more schools from smaller conferences to get in. Or it could flesh out a way to reward great low and mid-major regular season teams to keep dancing into March even if they don't win their conference tournaments. A larger bracket can be as kind to potential Cinderella's as its architects want it to be. Former Penn State Director of Athletic Medicine Scott Lynch talks about his assertions that Nittany Lions football head coach James Franklin pressured him to rush student-athletes' medical care, telling Penn Live. The analogy I would use is sort of being called to the principal's office, sort of putting you in that environment that they're in charge and they're the boss. There's a whole bunch of people around, and they say, why are you doing it, medically barring a player's participation? That's different than just coming off the field and asking a question. It's the constant badgering. Lynch filed a lawsuit against in 2019 after being dismissed from the university, but Franklin and Penn State were dropped as defendants after a judge ruled the suit was filed three days late. Still, Lynch hopes that following through with the suit against the remaining defendants, including Penn State Health, will lead to change in how care is administered. PennLive's John Lucio reports the trial is expected to highlight specific incidents of pressure on how he was treating players for injuries and mental health issues. Lynch wouldn't provide details to PennLive but promised fireworks when the case goes to trial. 
Lynch's attorney Stephen Marino, however, did, contending that Franklin told Lynch and his staff not to tape the outside of players' shoes for support, because doing so would obscure the Nike swoosh. Former star Saquon Barkley is among those who have defended Franklin, and Lynch says he's having difficulty getting other players to testify because they're afraid to talk because they're afraid of being blackballed. Many of them want to be coaches, and they are still involved in football. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Tuesday, February 14th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.